This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Now, you want to find a perfect fitting bra. There's only one place to go. It is Third Love, thirdlove.com, because they've got sizes AA through G, including half cup sizes, any size you could possibly need, they're there for you. They've got a bra for every breast, I think, is is what the new slogan should be. That is exactly what it should be. A bra for every breast. <laughs> so find your perfect fitting bra today by going to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk and get 15% off your first 15? purchase. 15? Whoa, that's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we're talking about omelets. Now, uh, this is an episode that we promised you. It was suggested by host Molly. Uh, Molly, do you remember uh, episode 46, Dorm Food? Vaguely. Well, on that episode, you said this. I have to say... um, I think we might have to do an omelet episode at some point because... I think we should do that. Because Matthew's a really good omelet lady. <laughs> I think I think uh, my omelet lady credentials demand that we do an omelet episode. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. So it's... So uh, here we are, seven years later. Yep. yep. And uh, yeah, so you said uh, we should we should do that soon. And, um, and here we are. And here we we are. deliver. We deliver. Uh, and so we Matthew, are eating this Denver omelet while doing the show. Which we don't deliver. We don't deliver this Denver omelet. We're not an omelet delivery service. <laughs> if I could like call someone up and get a like a hot, freshly cooked omelet delivered, I would probably do that. Oh God, this is really good. So wait, hold on. To revisit dorm food, the reason mm-hmm. that omelets came up is that at your university there was an omelet lady. Mm-hmm. Will you walk us through this again for the listeners who were not with us seven years ago? Well, I mean, first of all, maybe don't go back and listen to that episode no. because we sounded real dorky. Um, as opposed to now when we sound super cool. Uh, I I went to a small college in Southern California, and uh, you had to get up early if you wanted weekday breakfast because um, they stopped serving it at 9. And there was an omelet lady, and she was uh, this uh, elderly woman who uh, was a master omelet cook. And uh, you would fill out a little paper slip and say what you wanted in your omelet, and then she would cook it up for you on the flat top. Have you ever cooked on a flat top? Mm -mm. I never have either. It looks so amazing. It looks so, so satisfying. Mm -hmm. All that real estate. Exactly. Just like whatever I— So she would cook it on on the flat top? Yes. It was amazing. 
So she would beat this egg and then she would pour it out there. Yes, and somehow and coax just... this into a folded omelet shape. She, oh my gosh, what, did you know her? Did you know her name? No. Do you think she's still alive? No. <laughs> oh, I wonder if if she's remembered for her omelets. You mean like like in her eulogy? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. probably. In her I mean, obituary, there are much worse things to be remembered for. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah. For example, Stalin and his five-year plan. Yeah, like if she had been remembered for Stalin's five-year plan, that would be worse than <laughs> that would omelets. Be so much worse. Um, I mean, this this is part of this episode is part of our seven-year plan. <laughs> okay, I'm done eating now. Okay, uh, I'm I'm still eating, but that's okay. Okay, so memory lane. Yeah, so I did eat omelets growing up. Finally, I feel like for the first time in weeks, I have a memory lane. Uh, I remember eating omelets growing up, and I also remember omelets being one of the first things I learned to cook. Wow, I've never cooked an omelet, ever. <laughs> but why? I mean, I, I, why? Love, I love scrambled eggs. I love fried eggs. Love a good seven-minute egg. Love a hard-boiled egg. It was why, a good seven-year egg. Why do I need to make an omelet? I don't particularly, like, at home, I don't usually want fillings inside my egg. Like that Marilyn Monroe movie, The Seven-Year Egg. Um <laughs> God. You don't even need fillings to make an omelet. But why would I bother to make an omelet without filling? I know that that's a classic, classic French thing, but why would I bother? Well, I mean, first of all, because the filling is kind of runny egg and butter. I don't love runny egg. Because, mm. well, we're going to get into this. There, there are different styles of omelets. You're right. I don't think there's much reason to make a uh, American diner-style omelet without a filling, although a little bit of cheese is goes a long way. Okay, so anyway, hold on. We're going to get back around to this, though. Can I can I do some memory lane? Please. So my dad made a lot of omelets. Yeah, mine too. Um, it was like a real dad thing. And if my parents were going out... So, so there was a period of time during my youth when they had a standing babysitter every Thursday night. What? And Did this, she really have to stand the whole and time? And this strikes me as such an incredible luxury. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't have any family around to take care of me if my parents were gone. No, I know. But, I know all the people you had around when you were a kid. It was Sean from uh, Hunan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was um, uh, Charlie Brigham. Um, <laughs> and that may have been it. Yeah, those are the only people who were around when I was a kid. And I'm sorry, so- Charlie Brigham Soup. It's a hyphenated name. <laughs> so, so, so my parents would have a babysitter come over every Thursday night, and they would go out. And usually, my dad would make dinner for me while my mom was getting dressed. This seems like such a quaint. Mm-hmm. Quaint thing that my mother would get dressed. I mean, like if I'm going out on a date with my partner, uh-huh. I, it's a very rare occasion that I'm going to get dressed up. Like it, I'm living in such a different world from my parents. I don't even have stuff to get dressed up in. I mean, and also I'm 42 years also, old. I kind of think about like the deal with like. So I love wearing lipstick. That's like um, awesome. Awesome. I mean, that it's is awesome. awesome. It's often the only makeup I wear, but I don't wear it when I go on a date with my partner because who wants to kiss somebody wearing lipstick? I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. And she doesn't either. So, anyway. I mean, that's I, interesting because, like, you know, lipstick. And yet, yet women or people who like to wear lipstick around the world are wearing lipstick to make themselves look kissable. Well, maybe it's just that you should wipe it off just before the kiss happens. Yeah, but then it's not spontaneous. Then it's like, oh, let me just take a minute and wipe off these like 18 layers Mm. of like matte 
red lipstick I'm wearing. Well, let's get I want listeners to weigh in on this question. Yeah. So so listeners, I mean, those of you who wear makeup, do you put on lipstick when you're going on a date that it, 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 you hope to have like some like uh, spontaneous make outage on mm-hmm. or do you just wear lipstick to like work or something yeah i don't know the answers to these hot questions topics anyway so my do you mom get your lipstick at hot topic so my mom would be getting dressed and my dad would make dinner for me and this was very often an omelet for some reason when my parents were going out he would always make me an omelet and it was either an omelet with cheddar cheese in it yep sharp cheddar or a hot dog omelet, which would oh have <laughs> which would have sliced up coins of hot dog in it. Sliced up coins and of I hot loved dog. It. Are I loved it. Such a classic kid thing. And sometimes, rarely, it would be a hot dog and cheese omelet. But my dad was really good at making omelets, and they they weren't like a tightly rolled French situation. But they also <laughs> they also Listeners. but they also weren't browned. They were like a good American omelet. When you go out on a date, do you have a tightly rolled <laughs> French situation? <laughs> Interpret that however you would like. Anyway, but so yeah, so okay, hold on. Maybe we should just break this down into French style versus American style omelets. Okay. Yeah, no, I was, I, I don't know if I got all the way down memory lane either, because my dad was also the omelet maker, and I think he taught me how to make omelets, and they were, you know, pretty thick American-style omelets, but not overcooked, and usually just cheese, I think. Okay. And so, so would he just, so if we're talking about a circle, would he just fold one half over the other half? I think you of know that what? as an American-style I think omelet. he would fold it into three. Thirds. Which I think of as being a more French style. I don't remember. We, I think we might have to get my dad on the show. Oh, we might. I don't think he would want he to would come, on the show. come on the show. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. But anyway, I think of. So I have not uh, had professional training in making an omelet. Mm, interesting. Um, but. Am I correct that the French way, like generally you fold it in thirds and you serve it with the seam down? Yes. And often you you like start the fold in the pan and then like let it fall over onto itself as you dispense it onto the plate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Making, I'm just picturing this. Yeah. I I make a pretty good French omelet, although I'm, I experience like fear and doubt every time. It's one of those it's one of those foods that like you could have made it a hundred times and still screw it up this time. Yeah. Uh, one time guest of the show, Francis Lamb, mm-hmm. wrote a piece, I think maybe on gourmet.com. It's maybe still out there, a piece about practicing. This was probably seven omelets. years ago. And um It was more than that actually, because gourmet went out of business more than seven years ago. Anyway, but um but yeah, uh, it, it is one of those things that is held up as like a hallmark of one's cooking ability, especially in classical French cooking, and y- because it is so about like fine technique. Yeah, so the French omelet, it's thin, and you don't want any brown on it, and mm-hmm. you cook it very quickly over high heat. So it's about like managing the position of the eggs in the pan, and like watching the heat and the timing, mm-hmm. and... But it's so good when it comes slooshing out of the pan. And and people talk about the interior as being baveuse, which yes, means drooling. Yes, like dribbly. Yeah. Yeah, like a baby is baveuse. <laughs> Did you, um, when I was a kid and studying French, I had these two books of French slang called Merde and Merde Encore. By, I don't know if I uh, did. And the author went under went by I the pseudonym Jean Vievre. 
Um, oh, just they one were name? so funny. Yes. They were um, funny? Oh, they were hilarious. They taught you funny. slang? Yeah. I mean, because oh, slang man. is funny. And, and, the, and the author had a sense of humor and, and included. Um, there was one part that was, it was like a, uh, a menu uh, of, and then translated uh, like with brutal, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Literal, lit- literalness. Yes. <laughs> uh, into English. And uh, one of the things on the menu was dribbling spittle omelet. <laughs> <laughs> Which was her translation of omelette buffos. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> I don't think spittle can dribble, though. I think spittle is the yeah, spray. You're right. But I, I, but maybe some people call. Maybe some people think spit is short for spittle. Is it? I don't know if I really know what. Well, I mean, I know what spittle is because of spittle bugs. Those oh. bugs that make the uh, foamy. Oh, those are called in- spittle bugs. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the they, the bug also has another common name, but it's not one you ever hear. I don't remember what it is, like frog hopper or something. <laughs> I mean, you've heard it's it clod now. Hopper. Cla- it's clod hopper <laughs> yeah, because they wear these wooden shoes. What is a clod hopper? <laughs> I remember when I was fourteen and I started wearing Doc Martens. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, everybody made fun of me and laughed at me. At Wait, school. what? Yeah, no, I was the only kid at my middle school wearing Doc Martens, and people made that fun of me. That is so weird, because that is, like, I know, the I was... most inherently cool shoe. Right, and this was, like, the era of, like, Pearl Jam 10. Like, people should have known yes. I was on to something. No, that was, like, the shoe if I wasn't cool enough to, to wear. If you middle school with me and you're listening to this podcast, you owe me such an apology. Yes, you do. In I fact, want... you should be thanking me. Facebook.com slash Spilled Milk Podcast. That Send is where, me your apologies. That's where we'll collect the apologies. Apologies for the Doc Martin incident. Yeah, yeah. So if you were mean to me in middle school because you thought that my fashion sense was not cool, how did pay up? What what words did people use? They to called make fun them of- clod hoppers. Oh, okay. Yeah, they called my Doc Martens clod hoppers. But that's like the, I can't imagine a middle schooler at any time in history using the word clod hoppers. Well, I'm sure that it was like their parents who had used it about something else. I have no idea. Wow. Yeah, they also made fun of me for wearing like black opaque um, like tights under cutoffs and a flannel shirt. This is a great outfit. I this was outfit so gets a plus. Cool. I was so cool. I looked so good. I was so so not cool. <laughs> That is weird, because like anyway. I, I like dressed like the worst in in middle school, and like kind of I was no, gonna say got I what like, I deserved, I which like is went, not really you true. You know, I like went to an Alice in Chains concert and went to Pearl Jam. Like I was trying to dress like all these guys. Yeah, I I know I, was, I went to those I was concerts too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I went to cool concerts and I was still a loser, but I also dressed like a loser. I did not. Okay. Well, uh, no, yeah, no, you every, did not. Everybody thought I dressed like a loser. They God, were wrong. This is so hard. To... Anyway, you know, you know what always makes me feel better when I'm when I'm wallowing in self pitying nostalgia? An omelet. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Matthew, have you done the Third Love Fit Finder quiz? Not for myself, but I'm familiar with it. I have done it for myself because as I have mentioned, listeners who have heard a lot of our Third Love ads will know that my bra size has changed uh, many times in the past few years since Mm -hmm. having my daughter. Like 50, 100 times? And so I've had a little bit of a hard time getting the right bra size. And Third Love's Fit Finder quiz, it made so much sense and it gave me results that actually worked. Um, 
You know, actually, I I lied earlier. I did. I have gone through a Third Love <laughs> Fit Finder quiz because because I, I wanted to know. I wanted to understand the product better. Did you know that Third Love once got in trouble on Facebook um, for putting an ad that had like pencil drawings of breasts in the ad? Because when you That's go through hot. the Fit Finder, it uh, it says yeah. like what shape are your breasts, and you can choose from like ten different uh, configurations. Yeah. yeah. And so my wife was doing the Fit Finder, and she said she like showed me this this diagram and said, "What do you think I am?" And I'm like, "Is this a trick question? Am I going to get in trouble?" <laughs> yeah, they do. They they have a bra for every breast, as I have mentioned before. A bra for every breast, a, a breast in every cup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to get your own, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Use the Fit Finder. And if it's your first purchase, you're going to get 15% off. And of course, returns and exchanges are always free. Go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. How many eggs did you use in, in – so you and I just shared an omelet. That was a two-egg omelet. So, really? Yeah. That's all that was? That's all that was. And I think, like, the more eggs you put into any given skillet, the harder it's going to be to get a well-cooked omelet. I guess that's true because when the outside gets cooked properly, the inside – Might still be overly baveuse. Trop baveuse. Trop baveuse. Oh, c'est trop baveuse. Uh, but when... <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going to use instead of like, uh, c'est dommage. Oh, c'est trop baveuse. C'est trop baveuse. Um, anyway, so <laughs> if... My grandma if, died. Oh, c'est trop baveuse. <laughs> so if you have a thin layer of egg in a pan, it's going to cook more evenly. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's going to be like trickier to, to fold neatly. Well, yeah, yours tore. Yeah, when my you were... folding was not great, no, but your it still folding, tastes good. It, it tasted delicious. And by the time you got on the plate, it had so many like sort of like wrinkles and folds and mm-hmm. nooks and crannies. Kind of like a... <laughs> like, kind of like my grandma. Kind of like a good brain. <laughs> kind, oh, yeah. Like you want to have a lot of folds up there. Oh, yeah. That's where that's where the knowledge is stored. <laughs> yeah, cram it in all my folds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Um, anyway. Uh, I can. So, I can. Oh, gosh, I would not. I, I would have thought that was for sure at least a three egg omelet. Now, I can hold a couple of Mr. Sketch markers in my brain folds. I know it was too late for that joke. And that was last week's episode, but whatever. Um, yeah, I. so I will make in a large skillet up to a four-egg omelet. I would not, under any circumstances, make more than a four-egg omelet. But there is a there's a restaurant in Seattle, a diner called Beth's. Is that still there? Does it still exist? I think I heard that Beth's just I think closed. maybe it closed. Okay. It, it was, or maybe. It, oh, wait a minute. Was that on Aurora? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's there okay anyway whether or not it's there now it was a diner in uh, seattle that was famous for six or 12 egg omelets that's gross yeah but like I mean, the 12 egg omelet just seems like well it wasn't to eat like a dare. yourself oh like, you weren't solo. supposed to eat yourself I, you were not supposed to eat yourself you were supposed to eat the 12 egg omelet. autophagy is that what we were talking about <laughs> yeah. a few weeks ago you were supposed to eat the omelet yeah this so well, i mean since since they catered to a clientele of like wastoids and uh late night vampires yeah. like this may not have always been clear so was it like a like one of those like five foot long subs <laughs> but it was an omelet <laughs> well, and so you take it to a party and you cut it into sections and yeah a party <laughs> omelet you know <laughs> Um, uh, That's what a 12-egg omelet is for. It is. Uh, Like, in the course of researching for this episode, I did come across, like, people keep breaking the Guinness record for making the biggest omelet. I think the current record is something like 140,000 eggs. Uh, No way! (laughs) This is just This is the giant jam sandwich of of omelets. So I would not 
put I would not make 140,000 egg omelet personally. Okay, well, however many eggs you're using, what kind of pan do you use? Um, so it needs to be like a pan with really good nonstick properties or the eggs will glue themselves to it. So that so that can be a Teflon pan or a well-seasoned cast iron or carbon steel pan. And so so tell me about like what heat are you putting it on? What's your strategy? How much fat are you using? Like I I mean, should I reveal all of these Yes, secret trade secrets yes. and what kind of fat uh butter for sure butter okay um although we'll, we'll get to, there are circumstances in which i would use something other than butter but we'll get there okay um like if i'm out of butter for example <laughs> <laughs> if there's another one of those norwegian butter shortages <laughs> i that i think there was a planet money episode about a few years ago what was the question <laughs> Oh, it's strategy. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so you're using your well seasoned pan. Mm-hmm. What kind of heat are you putting it over? Uh, medium high. Okay. I mean, it depends, like how thick, how many eggs I'm using, and uh, how much, how many fillings I'm putting in. Okay. So, if it needs to cook a little more slowly, then I'll go medium. Although sometimes I'll set it to medium high and then turn it down to medium, which I think is Matthew, kind of just get on with it. What? <laughs> You asked. No, but okay. So in this case, so today you made a Denver omelet, which we're going to talk about in a minute. You had pre-cooked all the ingredients. Yeah. Anyway, the thing you don't want is for the eggs to be sitting around in the pan forever and getting overcooked because you used too many eggs or too low of heat. Okay. And you, you also, we should add, you should also cook your filling ingredients ahead of time. Yes. There is nothing more distressing than like a weirdly raw onion or raw mushroom or something. No, in, nothing in more discre- distressing. Nothing. No, I Not will, like, even our current administration. Right, I'll get up in the morning, I'll look at Twitter, I'm like, okay, like the world is ending and here's someone's picture of an, uh, an omelet with undercooked filling, like I'm going back to bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I pre-cook the filling, including kind of crisping up the little hammy chunks. Uh-huh. Um, and a Denver omelet is ham, green pepper, onion, and usually cheese. And there, I, I learned a lot of stuff about the Denver omelet. Will you omelet. tell us about yeah, it? I would love to tell you all about the Denver omelet. Okay. Do you really want to know this time? Or just yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Uh, the Denver omelet, as far as I was able to glean, there's a good article about this on uh, Colorado Public Radio, which we'll link to. It uh, descended from a sandwich called the Denver Sandwich. Okay. which was popular in, like, the first half of the 20th century throughout the U.S. Okay. Nobody knows what, if anything, the Denver sandwich has to do with Denver, but it was a hot sandwich with cheese, green peppers, ham, onions. Why did this ha- Why did this sandwich go into the, the dustbin of history? Nobody knows, although you can apparently still get it in Wisconsin. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so Wisconsin listeners, Any can you confirm or deny this? I don't know. I'm going to say Dubuque. Is that in Wisconsin? <laughs> Milwaukee, <laughs> maybe. Milwaukee, yep. yeah. Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, Madison's a great town. Shout out to Madison. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo. Um, the Upper Peninsula. No, that's something else. Uh, is that Michigan? Um, that's Michigan. Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> Cheeseton. <laughs> um, so, okay. So uh, somehow over time, the sandwich morphed into a, an omelet um, to the point that by like 1980, the Denver omelet had pretty much supplanted the Denver sandwich. And in downtown Denver, there is a uh, commemorative plaque about the Denver omelet, which <laughs> claims that the Denver omelet was invented to mask the flavor of stale eggs. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is like on a plaque in the city. The, uh- 
I guess Denver is the most modest city in the world. Yes, and also, this, I'm sure this isn't true. This is civic pride. I mean, it's not like it's not like you need a reason to put green peppers and onions and ham in your omelet, right? No. Oh, this, I'm, God, this yeah. omelet made me really sleepy. Okay, so Matthew, hold on. Uh, yeah. th- I think the Denver omelet might be a perfectly engineered food product, except that it's not engineered right. at all. Well, I mean, it was... Eng- but it's, it's a perfect combination of flavors. Yeah, it really is. And like, I think I think even a lot of people who don't like green peppers like a Denver omelet. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it was great. Yeah. What what omelet? Well, you said you don't really like things in your eggs. Like, well, if you had to fill out an omelet slip, what? So I think I would probably like go really plain. Like, I might go like sharp cheddar cheese. If I were gonna go like real classy or something, mm-hmm. I could I could get down with some mushrooms. I like mushrooms and eggs. Maybe, yeah. Maybe mushrooms and cheddar, or like mushrooms and goat cheese. Although that's getting really fancy. Yeah, mushrooms especially. If you don't pre-cook like a button Oof. mushroom for your omelet, you will just get like omelet soup. Um, but I Trobavos. But I don't really want like I don't want a tomato anywhere near my omelet. No, it's too watery. No. <laughs> what about like a sun-dried I, tomato? I don't really want like caramelized onions or something. Mm. It's like too sweet. But like the onions that you did, just regular old cooked onions. I mean, now that I have had the combination that is a Denver omelet, mm-hmm. I think any variety of things that are in there would be good together. You like want even a just, subset of a Denver even omelet. just like cheese, uh, you know, cooked onion and and green pepper. That sounds great. Yeah, for yeah. sure. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think I agree. Definitely, cheddar is certainly my favorite omelet filling. What about like, spinach? No, I, I see this done as like like All sort of time. an eggs Florentine derivation. Maybe it seems like it. It seems like it. Uh, how could you do it without winding up with like mouthfuls of spinach that are kind of out of balance? Or it, it seems like how do you? I don't know. Yep, I it's it's a mystery to me too. So if we can agree on one thing here, you and I, it's that we don't like spinach omelets. I, I guess I wouldn't say I don't like them, but I wouldn't <laughs> choose them. I, I think I don't think it's. You know what I've always wanted to try is the classic French like omelette au, au fine herbe. Oh yeah, I don't know if I've had Fines that or herbe. not. Fine herbe. I yeah, I don't know with whether like the, whether you get a little uh, with little herbs. What do you call that when the when there's got to be a linguistic term for this? A liaison. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it liaises or not. I don't know if it liaises. There are very few things that don't liaise, like leal. Mm-hmm. It's not lesal. Yeah. Leal. Great. Let's let's uh, let's definitely delve <laughs> deeper into this. Uh, oh, that would be trop baveuse. Um What herbs are found in the finer? I think that there's chervil in there. Have you ever had a, an omelet en plein air? <laughs> <laughs> uh, chervil. I, I haven't thought about chervil possibly ever. It sounds on. like a pet. Hold on. Can we can we just say really quickly uh-huh. that eggs taste so good outdoors? Like if you oh, uh, that's en, what I just en said. Plein en plein air. air. Yeah, but I don't just mean like sitting on the patio of your brunch place. Mm-hmm. I mean you like mean camping. Just like, oh, okay. Camping and then eating eggs. What about just like on on your front stoop? <laughs> that, I think that would be pretty uh-huh. good too. No, you're you're right. Like when I think about like camping trips and like uh, like even like my ill fated sixth grade class camping trip where it rained for six days and everyone wanted to die. The eggs in the morning were still real good. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about a couple of international omelets? Let's talk about international omelets. Okay. 
there there are I mean anywhere you find eggs someone's making something omelet like out of them mm-hmm. and you find eggs most places isn't there a traditional um I can't remember if this is a Vietnamese or Thai thing. It's maybe Vietnamese. Like a thin, crispy, like omelet type pancake that's got shrimp in it. Yeah, like a bun sao. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, it does have eggs in it, but it's more like a, like a rice flour coconut driven thing. But like it looks a like an omelet. It's more pancake than okay. omelet. Okay, fair but, enough. But I mean, obviously, there's, it's not, there's a continuum from pancake to omelet, right? Because like, like a it's crepe is, is like, a Dutch baby. A Dutch baby. God, look exactly. at a Dutch baby. I, yeah, look at this Dutch baby. Look at <laughs> look at the chubby cheeks on this Dutch baby. Um, the so the Thai omelet that I'm most familiar with is called Kai Jiao, and it's uh, it's cooked in oil and it's uh, like crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and seasoned Ooh. with fish sauce. That's real good. And does it have any filling, or is it just um, that the, the beaten egg? It is, is mostly seasoned. just usually just the beaten egg. I'm not sure if it is sometimes served with. Oh a filling. man, that sounds really good. Um, and there are two Japanese omelets that I know about. Uh huh. Does this surprise you at all? No. So there's the uh, rolled omelet tamagoyaki or uh, dashimaki tamago um, that uh, is made in like a this... square skillet. Okay. And you keep doing layer after layer and rolling it up, and it's flavored with dashi, and it's uh, usually served like cold and sliced. Okay. Um, like if you get like a tamago the, sushi, are the eggs like lightly sweetened? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's like the egg on your egg sushi. Mm-hmm. And then there's omurice, which is a it's fried rice wrapped in an omelet and topped with ketchup. This is one of the most beloved foods in Japan. Fried rice rolled wrapped in an omelet. In an omelet. Yep. Topped with ketchup. Yes. And is the fried rice like I th- would think of like fried rice at a Chinese restaurant? Yeah. But often also and made how, with ketchup, sometimes with is, chicken. How is this? Um, I don't like ketchup, so I only like it when I can get it without ketchup. And yeah. usually it's served with a lot of ketchup. I mean, a fried rice omelet is good. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that would be tasty. Um, in Thailand, I've actually had pod thai served in an omelet, which was also Ooh, delicious. Ooh, that sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, how could you go wrong? Um, yeah, how could you go wrong? How could you go Twelve wrong? Twelve uh, You can find us online. Wait, anything else? I was about to just um, slide right on into that I was just going to ask, what, what is your favorite cheese to have in an omelet? Do, cheddar. Are there ch- sharp cheddar. Sharp cheddar. Orange. Gr- gruyere. Wow. Why did I en just... En plein air. Yeah, gruyere en plein air. Est-ce que tu manges <laughs> gruyere en, en plein air? air. Uh, non, non, c'est trop baveuse. <laughs> Allez, on y va. I'm, I'm desperately trying to think of other things that rhyme with that in French, and I can't because I derrière exactly. I, I uh, je, uh, je m'assie sur ma derrière. Uh, uh, yeah, Perrier, is that what you said? No, I said uh, I said um, Pierre Lumière Lothair. That's Luther. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Luth- Lothair and I. Um, I had a host brother named Lothair. Uh, I had, I think... they, they had all had like really like storied names. There mm-hmm. was Lothair, mm-hmm. Tiber. A... <laughs> I, uh, I think you talked about this before, but I want to hear all of them again. Gladys. There was, there was the baby Bavos. <laughs> Gladys? Seriously? Gladys. How do you, how do you, is that like, like a, Gladys? It's just spelled like Gladys, exactly. not like I C E. Lothair, Tiber, Gladys, et Alex. Just Alex. Wow. Okay, uh, so we're going to post a picture of Molly's French host family. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
link to the Serious Eats Denver omelet recipe, mm-hmm. uh, which is sometimes also called a Western omelet. Mm. I, I would eat it. Uh, I would an, eat it by any name, and it would smell as sweet. Omelet d'Est. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of international omelets and omelet fillings that we didn't get to, I guess. Oh yeah, big so time. Fill fill us fill us treat us like an omelet and yeah, fill, fill us, us in on that info. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram at spilled milk podcast. Mm-hmm. And please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, but especially Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or your local podcast shop. Yeah. Your corner corner podcast store. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mom and a mom and pod. Oh, good one. Cast. Good one. Bad one. Very bad. Okay. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. You can enjoy us en plein air or sur la table <laughs> or um, or I'm Molly Weisenberg and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Matthew? Yeah. It's omelet time. Mm-hmm. It is om. Um, I, ah, this pan is, I mean, the plate is so hot. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.